Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags, the series that's intended to educate, motivate, and inspire you to create dynamic change in your life by challenging your regular ways of thinking and your automatic doing. The stuff that you're just doing because you're doing it and you're not really paying attention to it. This series wants to check on those, to ask you, can you be more, do more, and create more in your life? So I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for your time and attention. And if you dig in it, please rate, subscribe, share, you know, all the good things. And if you're not, please do not tell anybody about it. Keep it to yourself. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at Nick Fit. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's go. What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Go with Nick Pags. And today, my special guest is my boy, Mr. Chris Howell. Clap it up for Chris Howell. Woo! It's an intense. We need to put applause on the end of people's names. That's what I'm going to do next. Um, before I get into like fully introing Chris, today's a really special day because it's our first day with our new partnership. We have partnered... This is crazy to say because Lesko started like 25 weeks ago with a vision to just be able to get people motivated and fired up and feeling good. And now we're in a, how sick is this studio, dude? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> we're in this beautiful sound booth in Samsung 837 in the meatpacking industry of New York City. Um, so I want to give a massive shout out to Samsung, our partners. They, they, um, you can, they can be found on Instagram. Where is it? Let me see. At Samsung Mobile USA. We can do Facebook at Samsung US and Twitter at Samsung Mobile US. So thank you to Samsung. You guys are awesome for believing in this product and what we're bringing to people. Thank you for listening today. So without further ado, here's my boy, Chris Howell. Chris, welcome to the fam, dude. What's up, Nick? Thanks for having me today. Super excited. Been a longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. So, Chris, how we start here on Let's Go, as you may or may not know, we just do a little bit of a rundown, like who you are. Who are you? Give us a lowdown. Let us know. I'll tell people why I think you should be on the show, but I want to <laughs> hear your I want to hear your story. A little background sure, sure, us. sure. Um, so I guess where you could start is is um actually, you know, played played ice hockey and my whole life, and I actually moved away uh, from home when I was 15. Um, so I, I've been out of the house on my own for quite some time now. Um, went to school at uh, Hofstra University out on Long Island, played lacrosse there, um, which was an awesome experience. Met a lot of cool people, and um, my favorite part, like really getting competitive. Uh, after that, went to uh, Wall Street, did the uh, investment banking life uh, over there, um, for about three, three and a half years. And then I transitioned to kind of what I think is kind of would be fair to call like the health and wellness industry, uh, mainly on like the fitness side of it. Um, and I'm just, I do consulting. I have an agency and, um, have about five to six clients, um, throughout the year. And, um, yeah, I attack 12 months at a time and, um, I have about two guys right now that are uh with me i attack 12 months at a time right so i think it's kind of dumb if you're like hey what's your five-year plan and i don't really know but let me tell you the 12 months dude <laughs> i love that see so what's interesting is uh i have like a list of this is actually i'm 
really blessed to say this. I have a list of people who have asked to be on Let's Go, and I've started bringing, being a little more, like a little pickier on who I bring into the show because what's happening now is people are really hearing the stuff we're saying on here and implementing. So it's important to me that the the stuff we're putting out there is is valuable. And Chris was one of those people that, okay, so how long ago did we meet? It couldn't have been that long ago. It, it was yeah. in January was the Theragun event. Right. But we didn't really like talk. We barely talked. You like kind of taught a class. You just like told us what to do and then go. <laughs> and then and then Chris came rolling into Performix House. And that's where we like officially started connecting and hanging out. Um, and we've been working a lot together lately. But right off the bat, Chris's drive, like you're driving momentum and energy. I always try and find people in my life who match my energy. Call me uh conceited in that way i know i have a high level of energy and focus and commitment so when i get people around me i'm like mm, i want i want that level around me all the time it gets me <laughs> fired up and chris is that so that's what i really want to like dive into today because that's you dude you're like a fireball that. of commitment so i think if we uh, asked anybody about you you would be uh high energy contagious virus that goes around of positivity virus i'm a virus you better watch exactly out. so uh no thank you that's like that's it's it goes a long way so what so what first of all i you were hockey and then lacrosse sorry add moment. yeah yeah no i played uh or i played ice hockey my entire life and i was like dead set gotta go to college like that was like the plan and i had no idea that you moved away from home at 15 yeah i went to a uh so hockey in um from Pennsylvania. So they're kind of like a ceiling. So I was like, oh man, how do I get to the next level? And you know, I know that my parents would only support me if I would go put academics first. So I earned kind of a a, a ride to a boarding school. That's like the junior uh that's almost like another route. So it's if you think about prep school and juniors. Yeah. You go to juniors, you go and, and play hockey, and, and I knew that my parents wouldn't have supported me on the route because I, I would have lost maybe some of the academic um, focus. So this is where my sales kind of thing started because when I was younger, my dad would be, I would be like, hey, I want a Nintendo. And he'd be like, all right, like, you know, sit me and your mom down in a week and tell us why it would benefit us to get you a Nintendo. Right. I was making PowerPoints at like eight or nine years old, like Shit. trying to sell my parents on <laughs> like, all right, I need a Nintendo. This is why we need to go to Disney World. Like I, I need a, a new skateboard or um, so I was kind of pretty well poised to sell my parents on sending me away, yeah. um, which was obviously emotionally very hard. But um, yeah, I, I moved away to like pursue a hockey like scholarship to go to play in uh, college and then lacrosse. And I found lacrosse in prep school, and that was like an outlet of pressure and stress and anxiety, and that was something I just kept pursuing in those. Do you think sports, because my story has a lot to do with my college sports stuff and like my issues and trials and tribulations with that, do you think you as an athlete has a lot to do with who you are today in your workspace and personal life? I the think, answer can be no. Um it's a, it's a little bit of both. I think uh, the classic cliche is, of course, um, and I think it's yes, but for the most part, no, because it has given me the opportunity to uh, uh, execute. Um, so I, I would not say, oh, yeah, sports has got me to the point, yada, yada. But really, it's uh, sports has 
set me up to um, deal with pressure that like kind of fourth quarter, like, oh my God moment, what do we do? Someone needs to decide or we're going to lose. Um, And then again, how do you choose the people that you spend time with? You're in the huddle, fourth quarter, two Mm -hmm. minutes left. You're down by one. Who are you looking at? If you had a choice, who could you put in that circle with you? Um, And that's kind of how I live my life now is like the two guys that I work with, um, like those are like my fourth quarter guys. Like I would, if if I, if I, if, you know, I don't know, the crap hit the fan. No, you can, can, uh, when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Like these guys would have my back and they would not only have my back, but they would help me execute as well. So, um, that's kind of where I think I would leave it off with like the sports analogy to Mm -hmm. life. So having people around you is something that we talk about often on the show, like the right people around you. That's essentially why Chris was uh, a really important choice for me to have on this show. Again, I am so adamant about like family is first in my life and they've always been like my if they're around me that just keeps motivating me to work hard because they're kind of my inspiration for a lot of things but the people that you have in your space your friends that you commit to spending time with now in my late oh god late 20s i can't believe i just said that (laughs) in my mid to late 20s i'm realizing how important that really is because people take such different steps in life it's one thing like you go high school then you go college and you get your entry-level job and you're doing your thing but now in my life who I hang out with is really important because there's a lot of my friends who I love to death they're awesome and they just kind of want to do what they're supposed to and then go out you know every night for happy hour and, and like nothing wrong with that I'm not hating on it I'm not picking on it if that's what fills your cup go for it. For me, someone like Chris, where at 1030 at night or 11 at night, we're still texting about what's about to go down tomorrow, like, and what we're going to be working on at 6am or 530. Like, that gets me fired up and motivated having that person around you. I mean, I'm sure you could speak to that keeping really good people in your space. It's it's huge. 100%. And I think you're, you, you're going to laugh at this when I tell you this, but like, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm super competitive and mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, and I'm not going to say like, Oh, I always play by the rules because you ask anybody I play the cross with, like I'm grabbing your shirt. I'm hitting you when the ref's not looking like, and I'm pulling your face mask down because I cut glo- holes in my gloves so I can actually grab your face mask. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, but like, that's like, that's how people play in real life. Yeah. Like people don't wait for the ref to look or for you to pick up the ball to hit you on the, the wrist or whatever. Um, so, you know, people will say like, Hey, Chris, you want to go out? Like, you want to do this? You want to do that? Ah, not tonight. But you know what? Work balance is important. So let's zoom out from that, what I just said to that person. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out and drink, and they might have go, go have a beer or go out, whatever. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work so I can get ahead, maybe get another contract or get another job or get another project while they're going out and having a good time. Right. I'm a massive fan of work balance right. because the more people that partake in work balance gives me the edge. Yeah, because you're the workaholic. Correct. Now, try to detach at some points, but uh, in in doses where people want that balance, I'm all for it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to jump on the opportunity that you miss. It's interesting because that's where I I know for my life, I, I didn't realize it till I started analyzing it. 
But that's where I pounce. That's where I've been successful is where most people want to tap out or give up. That's when I take advantage. That also means like when most people want to go out at 6 p.m. on a Friday, I'm cool to stay in and like get some work done. And again, I think there are plenty of people who can do that. Like my little brother, I mean, he's in a different stage of life. He sure, just graduated of course, college. Of course. But he can go out and do his thing and then like wake up and do his thing and like get work done, he claims. And like <laughs> I can't I can't do I just can't. I know how my mind functions, I know how my body functions. So it's so important to know your style, know what works for you. That don't work for me. The the commitment to like I just feel better mentally, emotionally when I'm not kind of pushing myself into like the crazy fun stuff. Now do I have fun? Duh. Of course. I also think my life's really fun. Like So that's massive because when when people are upset and sad and nervous and anxious because they hate Monday, they hate Tuesday, like what do they look forward to? Drinks on Wednesday with a friend. Right. Or the Thursday happy hour. Right? You you just nailed it on the head. You and I don't have that Wednesday, you know, because it's it's Monday at 5.30, whenever we, we you, you hit me up at like 5.07, I think, this morning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy's like already up before me. 5.11, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's baby. good. Uh, so, so like for us, it's like that's that's fun. We're doing the fun from from then like yeah. uh, and connecting with those people at 6 to 7 and 8 and then working on like, oh, what do we got to catch up on? There's a constant rush of yeah. like, oh, man, we can't let these time go away. We're we're fortunate enough to have that feeling every day. And that's addictive where a lot of people don't have that. They're not, they're, they're not fortunate enough to have navigated life that far to really figure out, Hey, what's my purpose and what's my passion. Um, and that's, it sucks, you yeah. know, cause it, I used to do that. It's momentum. Like for me, it, it's all about momentum. If I hit an energy, it's like, if it's, it's, it's like a spark plug. If I get something. So before Chris and I, started working on some stuff together recently there was and and if you've been following with the podcast and if you go in order there's been a four month three month period of me being like really kind of struggling through a lot of stuff in a lull kind of in a low end and then we just had some really exciting things go down for work and some stuff that we're building and creating and it's been an absolute energy boost and I don't know how healthy ups and downs that aggressively are in life, but let me tell you, when I'm hustling and I'm on that high momentum, you know, like I've been to the bottom of the bowl, but the speed that I got at the bottom gave me momentum to get up to the next level. It's a blast. It's a freaking blast. Like I went from struggling to wake up at nine in the morning the past few months because I'm like, oh, I'm going through a routine that I don't want to be going through to like, I'm going to bed at midnight and fired up to wake up at five Mm -hmm. because I want to get this done and try this and, and to do get this. ahead and complete the project, complete the totally. goals, hit the timelines, the milestones, because the, the, the goal that you're bought into can be very special. Right. Um, and so relaying that back to sports is how do you get people to buy in? Right. And it's that culture and that mentality of something that's, it's chasing something bigger. And of course you getting better as a person, me getting better as a person, uh, as an athlete, as an individual will contribute to, being more successful in our season. Um, so it's in my interest to see you get better. It's in your interest to see me get better because we have a better probability of winning at the end of the day. And that's where people often, for me in my experience with different 
players in any game is they think they have to win and let others lose for them to be on top. On the contrary, if you are teaming up and partnering and building others up, it might not happen really fast. There's a couple people I can think of specifically who live in the mindset of, I must beat others down, like live in a bullying mindset almost in sure. business and connections. And, and they think it's going to get them to the top. And by the way, it works really fast. It works. But then what happens is you die out because the people that you knock down are no longer going to support you. And then you get this bad rep and you get people who don't want to support you and want to watch you fail. So they just don't have you on their team anymore. And you are so much stronger as a unit than you are individually. So it's so important, I think, like you said, to really focus on like building others. It's something you said before that Chris really stands for. And I don't know Chris a long time. But the one thing I get right off the bat from you is that you are a hustler and a driver and a mover and a shake and baker kind of guy. <laughs> but you refuse to do it without bringing other people up with you. And I don't even know if you know you do that. I mean, your business is that in a lot of ways. But like the way you are as a man and a, and a person in the workplace. And again, me and Chris haven't hung out a lot of time outside the workplace other than like our mini business meetings at like the local coffee shop downstairs. <laughs> but that's he is uh, his mission is to bring others with him. So, yeah, he's going to get up there, but he's not going anywhere once he gets up there until he pulls you up with him. So that's something that I really admire about Chris. Is that like a thing that you consciously do? Because you do it. I've experienced it. Yeah. And I think it, the battle of it is um, I don't I, I don't I don't conscience consciously do it. I think it's something it's like I know the journey that I'm, I'm either about to embark on and I want to fill the ship with the people I want to do. Same thing about that fourth quarter huddle. I want to put the people in that huddle that, hey, all right, when it's time to break this huddle, like, uh, who are the people that I'm going out with? All right. Um, and that's, I think that's, and I don't do it on purpose. I think it's just like, it's more fun that way for me. Totally. Like if I can be successful on my own, which I can, and I, I know that, I know I can do that. And that's great. But for it's more fun and more rewarding. And I get more return personally, which might be selfish. But at the end, like, if I, if I can do that selfishly, I know I'm going to be helping other people. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where it came from. I just know that I like bringing people along with the ride because at the end of the day, at some point I do know we will reach a threshold. And when I say we, I mean like me and whoever I'm with right. of it being zero sum. Yeah. Meaning that there is going to be a loser. There is going to be a winner. I can only have so many people. I can't have the entire market under my team. Right. right? That doesn't make sense. Who, who am I going to compete with? Mm -hmm. um, so, if I can get the best people under my wing or my on my side, and then I take them and be like, "This is our product. This is our service. This is what we're doing." Uh, adapt, and the market can't. They're the losers. We're the winners. So, do you ever get nervous about bringing people in and like you see someone's really good or has a wild potential? You ever get nervous that somebody's going to take your shit? Um, <laughs> I think uh, that's an interesting question. Um. I see a lot of people with a lot of potential, but like this space is so new. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's like obviously fitness has been around forever, 
but the the pop around this game is like so so new. You call yourself a fitness consultant. I think like the like the business side of fitness is like okay. where I think I'm, my specialty right. niche is, um, and 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 that's from like you know gym design right. It's like personal trainer, group fitness development, to, like any turnkey infrastructure solution that's missing in the market within health and fitness or health and wellness, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't think I've ever, I'm not really, I haven't met anyone that I'm like, oh man, I got to be worried about them. And I don't think I really think like that. I'm only, I'm really only worried about what I'm doing, right? I don't really think about like what other people are doing. Oh my yeah. God, it's like, is someone going to overtake me? Yeah. And if I do, like, honestly, I probably would get a little bit of a high off of it. Right. Because I'd be like, all right. Like, so you're, so that's go. what I was interested to find out because my answer to that is that I, I'm in search of those people because number one, I'm really confident in the stuff that I do. So whether it's personal training for me, like my, my best space is group fitness, either building trainers or training, like teaching a class, that type of stuff and understanding the boutique fitness space and all that and, and advising people in that way. Like those are my kind of specialties and I know how good I am at them, or at least I believe I'm that good at them. So to bring someone in, if I could find someone who elevates me, who asks more because I'm like, oh shit, they know more than me, or the, it's not right. even about knowing more. Like they, they not only do they know more, they implement more, or they have a different way of doing it that's more effective. Like I want that because then I have a reason to wake up and fight and hustle. And with a guy like you, we're very similar in our competitive spirit, mm-hmm. and and it becomes competition around people like who are kick ass at that space, but also competition with myself. So when, for a lot of times, a lot of the time in the group fitness space, when I was just teaching classes, I straight up, I felt like there was nobody better than me. So I had to find ways to challenge myself. And then I would love it when I got around somebody who was wildly talented. Like Trevor was just on the show. I saw Trevor teach classes. Love like, Trevor, by I, the way. We love Trev. I was like, Trevor's really good. Yeah. Trevor's really good. And I bet there are plenty of people who would say he's a better group fitness instructor than me. So I would get around his space and like want to learn his ways, but then like, I don't know, take pieces, give him information and like not partner with him, but learn from each other. Whereas most people are like, I want to bury you or like get angry at that person because they're good. I love that competition. It's hell to me. That's healthy competition where Mm -hmm. you're accessing a, a growth mindset for both of you. Yeah, and I think the difference between what you do and what I do, right, at this, you know, what you were saying with, um, in your ear, the prime of your group fitness, mm-hmm. um, what I do is very, it, it can be very team-oriented, right? right? When you have a, a session or, or, or you're doing a class at 7 a.m., Trevor is the only one out there. You're right. the only one out there. Um, where I'm trying, where I try to push is a unit forward, um, and, and that's only something unique to like what I'm doing is like a project can have multiple people on it. Right. Right. If it allows it. Um, one of the things we talked about before that I want to kind of come back to um, talked about like buying in and in the fitness space. So you're specific to I mean, you do a lot of things, but in the fitness space, you're the business guy. Like Chris is really super knowledgeable about how to attack a business strategy reshape it, reform it, rebuild it, 
and come in in a different space or fix the things that are not working. He's really awesome at that. And and on the walk over here, Chris and I were kind of just <laughs> shooting the shit about um, hesitation. And one of the things I said, which I'm sure I'll get some stink for this. I was like, Chris, I kind of feel like the more I'm in the business world of fitness, I realize p- how many people don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> and that the game is how much can I sell my vision or my thought or my idea or my perspective? And then we'll go with that. So there's been, a, and I don't want to give specific examples because I don't want to step on any toes of any situations, but just, I think there are, there are oftentimes when nobody knows what's going on. And as a person, like, and you can relate to this thinking about your business that you're in or, you know, a com- even a conversation with a friend. Who is right or wrong? Oftentimes, there's no right answer. It's who's going to be the, who's going to sell the idea most to the other person so that the team goes with that. And I'm watching that happen so much now in my work life where I think everybody's kind of like, I think that's the right way, but it's a matter of making a decision. And we talked kind of about like the, we'll, we'll get into the intersection, all that, but what do you think? Like, do you feel that way? I mean, you're in the business space more than I am. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I think it's, it kind of rolls into, um, ambiguity. Like if something's unclear, right, that's an opportunity for someone to, uh, internally sell. There you go. Right. So um, if something is is indecisive or there's not a decision been made, like every day there's not a decision been made on something that it's like it's it's pushing your business backwards or it's dying. Mm -hmm. Right. Because every day you don't decide someone else is and they're moving forward. So um, the indecision. Right. Is an opportunity for someone to jump in and say, this is what I think we should do to push push forward. Um, and so making that stance is 90% of the battle. So like even on, uh, if we go back to, um, the wall street, right. The one thing that I remember a a mentor of mine was saying that he would say, um, he goes, sometimes I don't know the answer, but I have to decide, stick with it, sell it. And if it's wrong, pivot, adjust and resell. Right. Right. Um, so the faster that you can move, move through that process, the better of a, in this case, a salesperson you would be. Right. Um, because people don't want to hear, I don't know. Okay, great. I'm not going to pay someone that doesn't know the answer. Um, and most people don't, want, don't need you to know the answer all the time, but they need you to be resourceful and scrappy to figure it out. All right? And I think that's what your point is, is that, um, is that most people don't know the answer, but the best business people are constantly figuring out the answers in the best way yeah. to do it. And and that's that's why I brought it up because I know for me, I'm not the numbers guy. I didn't go to school for finance or accounting or any of that. I don't know the numbers, but what I am is scrappy and I figure it out. And that's, I think, why you and I got so connected real quick because you were like, hmm, I think I have a guy who's... You're a, you're a, uh, you are a potential guy. When, you, when, I, when uh, we were talking and how much you knew about the space from just being in the the fucking trenches all yeah. day um, matched up with I what, what I have observed high level right um, and so and and where you are and trying to iterate your own business I was like, oh, I, there's a few things that I can show him and in return 
get a little value from you as well. Right. Um, and I think that's why we've kind of like, I've wanted to spend more time with you and right. vice versa. Right. Yeah. It's that, that resourcefulness and scrappiness. So I know a lot of fitness professionals are listening to this show. And what happens with us is that when we get in a situation where we got to deal with the business owner, we got to deal with building our own business and understanding the finances and all that. And we don't have the information on that. Know that you don't, that the answer that you think you're supposed to know, you don't necessarily need to know. You just got to make a decision. So a lot of people don't start their personal training businesses or don't, you know, ask for that raise or whatever because they think they don't have the right information. I'm not saying go every into everything blind and you don't know any information and just wing it. Right. What I'm saying is don't sit in, and this is what I was telling Chris on the way here, my mom or my dad, I don't remember which one, probably both of them, um, were teaching me how to drive when I was like, you know, 16. And one of the things they always said was when you get to an intersection and the light turns yellow. So in New York City, the lights go from yellow to red like real fast, like real fast. You, there's no time to like pause. In Westchester, New York, where I grew up, the lights go from red to yellow and they hold there for like four seconds or five seconds. It's a much longer wait. So there's a lot of temptation to like I get stuck. Do I go through the light? Do I stop? That feeling of like I don't know what to do. They always said no matter what you do, do something. Don't wait in the middle. The, the worst thing you can do is hit the brakes in the middle of the intersection because somebody, your passenger is saying, go through and you're like, wait, what? And you hold the brake and you, found, you find yourself in an accident. Whereas if you go and you know, you, you've messed up or you get a ticket, okay, you got a ticket because you went through what was a yellow light to red light and you get your ticket and you pivot and you find a way to get out of it or whatever. Right. Whereas, or, or you stop, you just stop and say, this is not the right time to go. Whatever it is, do something, make a decision. So for my fitness professionals out there, and I know there are a lot of them from personal experience, having been, uh, you know, an advisor for a lot of them and guided them in building their own business or the mindset of building their own business. A lot of it is I don't trust in my own self to make the decisions that I think are necessary. Just pretend you know it. Like seriously, it's sometimes it's like freaking pretend you know the answer and just go with it, and it'll make you do something. It'll make you pivot. It'll make yeah. you have to figure. And you it might out. Be, you might be wrong. Like I know I've been plenty of wrong. I've said something and I'd be like, "Damn, should have asked for more," yep. or like, uh, "Or damn, I shouldn't have been so greedy." Um, and I think it just goes back to just like you shouldn't be living life in the middle, right? You either do something 100% or you don't do it at all. And I, and I think that translates over to your decision-making process, right? You shouldn't, so how much do you want to make? You should have already thought of that pro, like question like a million times every day before you go to bed. Man, how much am I worth right now? And how can I up my own stock tomorrow right. to, to increase that number before I go to bed the next day? Especially when everybody else around you is bitching out. Like to me – Indecision is opportunity. So if some if everybody on the team is sitting around and we don't know what the answer is, I might not know what the answer is, but I, for lack of a better term, I grab my balls and I and I say we're doing we should do this. And everybody's like, well, why, do you know that? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And if we do it, half of the game is have I convinced everybody that it's the right answer, and then they're so in belief of what I've just said, that they're going 100% in that direction and I'm going 100% in that direction and now you're a force as a team going in that direction and shit happens. Right. But because it's like, 
a lot of times it's this person in multiple businesses I've been a part of or worked with in the past few years. There have been a lot of that where this guy thinks it's this way. This guy thinks it's this way. She thinks it's that way. Let's all pull strings. And because we're all pulling in different directions, nobody's going anywhere. It's a, it's, it's a wasted tug of war. You're just releasing energy and not moving. Whereas if you just go 100% all together, now you got a serious team in tug of war and you're making it happen. Right, because you're gonna you're gonna produce the uh, the inevitable devil's advocate. Yep. Right when you make that decision, right, and I do the thing that's like I, it's called like the I call it like uh, the tell me why series. So I'll always start off and I'll be like, if I want to do something right now, tell me why I can't do this right now. He does this all the time. <laughs> you do that all the time, and and, and it's and it's purposeful. It's like I want to stir the pot so like aggressively that I want someone to be like. If it was their idea, they're going to come to the surface and mm-hmm. say, well, this is why we do it. Mm-hmm. And if I can't attack those bullet points that they've just listed out and say why we can't do it, then that's probably the best process. Yeah. But if I can, and most most times I, I can, um, I've created a serious argument for why we should be spending less money or why we should be moving forward in a different direction. Um so the the tell me why is like a, is a big is a big tactic in my book, and then also I got it. I'll this stop is, everyone from talking and say, get you a t-shirt. "I got it," and that also produces the devil's advocate in the room because one, I'm taking all the attention and saying I have the answer. No one else is good enough to produce the answer. So I'm trying I'm trying to challenge the room constantly onto why we aren't thinking more proactively about solving a problem. So those two things are like they seem a little bit selfish and seem a little aggressive, but it's I found in the past like I, I can get results faster that way. So that's something you and I do similar. And um, when I met Chris and he was Mister, I got it. He, I mean, it's like <laughs> three times, four times an hour. I got it, and I'm like, Chris has got something big here. And not to pick on you, a lot of times there's nothing. He didn't have anything. <laughs> He's just saying I got it to like settle people's minds and say I got it. But here's the difference. There are not many people, Chris, with that mindset of I want to take that responsibility on. So you can't be the I got it guy and not be willing to take the heat for shit. Right. And lose. That's the difference between mindset like ours and somebody who wants to do, you know, average work and just like get results without taking a hit. That's the truth. Yeah, and I think it's like you, your podcast with with Trevor uh, Franklin, which was an awesome one, um, is that is is the mindset um, of people wanting to leave their job right. or wanting to jump, the mentality of um, I'm afraid to lose or I'm afraid to 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 do that, and I and I thought about that conundrum a lot, like. I don't get why people just don't quit their job and do what they want to do, right? And that always produces, well, I'm afraid. How am I going to do this? I'm afraid to lose. But th- I, I, I reversed it, and this seemed to work. I want to win so bad that I'm not afraid to lose, yep. right? And when you want to win so bad, you just are like, I'll take whatever L's come across my way because that's part of the process of pursuing the win, and I think that's that that like thought process. I think I, you know, is is super powerful when you reverse that thought process of losing to. I want to do this so bad. I don't really care what the cost it comes with. And and the feeling of and that's a that's a place of abundance. And I love that thinking. And that's where my head always goes. Even if you go with the scarcity mindset of like I just can't do what I'm doing anymore. And and 
so this is really interesting. I got I got to shout him out. My a very good family friend of mine. His name is Joe, and <laughs> the most basic. Um, I don't want to start throwing around last names because I don't know how ready he is to announce this. But he just wrote a novel. It's been a five year process. Nice. Went through cancer. He's did. He's in the chemotherapy process, like crazy. And he's a year or two older than me. He's had a pretty wild life. And he was talking to me this weekend about the book he wrote. And one of the things, it's all about um, an identity, death having an identity crisis. Death is, um, there's a character that plays death in his book, right? And one of the things he talks about is, you know, people come into the setting and they meet death. And their situation is that they're finding out they're dead now and they're really upset. And Mm. death brings up this thing and says, uh... Yo, dude, I got to be honest with you. You've been an accountant for 40 years. All you talk about is how much you hate your life and that you don't want to wake up in the morning to go to work and you just complain about it all the time. Now it's taken from you and you're pissed off. You've been wasting it. Why do you have the right to have life anymore? To waste the time. So this is, and he wrote this coming from a space of like his life before cancer was very average. And like he says, I think, like, I was so upset that I got cancer and so upset about this situation and that situation. But what, when I got cancer, I realized I wasn't doing anything to create the life I actually wanted. And cancer woke me the fuck up. And I, now he's, like, he has so many different little projects going on. His life isn't fulfilled and, like, everything's perfect. There's a lot of things he wants to do and change. But now he has this experience of, like, I almost got this opportunity taken from me, the opportunity to wake up and do the shit I want to do, and then go to bed and do it again. And now I'm not going to waste that anymore. Mm. It's a really interesting concept. That's inspiring. That's crazy. It's it's fire. And and I talked to him about it. I was like, okay, first of all, we're having like, we were on our second Spike Seltzer in a couple minutes. So uh, (laughs) I was like, we can't get too deep into this. (laughs) It was my sister's birthday. So we were celebrating. And, And I said, we can't dive too deep into this because I really want to have a full conversation about this. But that's the truth. And Trevor's podcast was a lot about that. Like, hey, man, I, I get it. The risk is high. The risk is high. But the reward is your life as you imagined it. Right. As you picture it. Yeah. And like, and sometimes better. Especially if you're in a situation where you're not married, you're not with kids or family, like, and you have a lot of wiggle room. It's all perspective. Right now, I... I won't use me as an example because I'm not a good one for that. But there's a lot of people who think they don't have a a lot of wiggle room, and they Mm do. Someone with a ton of responsibilities and commitments, they seemingly don't have a lot. They have a lot of responsibility, things riding on their back. Like if my dad were to just drop everything and go open up a restaurant right now because that's his passion, he's got a lot of things that he's got to be accountable for. Kids, he's got, you know, cars, a mortgage, all that stuff or whatever. I'm making that all up. But like... That is stuff that is really responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know when I left my corporate job on Wall Street, you know, I immediately was in—I mean, pretty quickly—rolled into not one but like seven credit cards, and was in thirty-two grand of credit card debt. Wow! And I was like, (laughs) I'm either going to drown in this, or I'm going to get out of it. It was like at that point, I was like. I don't have anybody else that's like relying on me, but like, except me, I just have yeah. to get it, figure this out. Um, but that's when, that's when pressure creates. Yeah. That, that's, type of thing. that's, that's 
pretty much backing myself into a corner. Because now you're in a much different place. Yeah, you if you want to know about credit cards or balance transfers or anything <laughs> like that, like call Chris. You can hit me up on the DM. <laughs> I'll 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 give you the lowdown. Um. So one of the things that we always talk about on this show is what motivates people, what fires you up. Uh, we know your competitive spirit, which is always important. I think certainly in a business setting, but even just a willingness to get up again. Talk about scrappiness. I'm up early most mornings and for me it's been a very different shift in waking up early it used to be in a in a studio at 5 15 hustling that was my thing then it shifted to i'm waking up at 5 15 simply for the discipline aspect like i meditate first thing in the morning that's been my commitment recently and i've been pretty good with it and and that is even more of a challenge for me when i got somebody waiting for me or a class waiting for me no problem i'll be there but when it's for myself to get up and to do something where my eyes are going to be closed and like still have to stay awake. <laughs> like meditation has been a really challenging thing for me and I'm doing the challenge on purpose. And that commitment to like challenging myself brought me to a space of meeting Chris and the opportunity, you know, we, we are now doing some stuff together, which is exciting. What is it, Chris, that motivates you and fires you up? Do you have, you know, people in your life or a situation or a promise you made to yourself. I'm just winging things. But what is yeah, it that yeah. fires you up? Um, I think I think first it's like it's uh, the opportunity to compete. I really, I, like you said, like just off the cuff, like that's like my go-to. Like I love to being like, okay, who's like the dominant 800-pound gorilla in the space? And like how can I get after them? Like yeah. how can I challenge them to adapt and be better? And, and that's only by developing like what I'm working on or product or whatever the team I'm working with at the time. Um, and then like, I think evolving that into like the next level is like, I don't even really care about that person or entity or, or object or company. It's really, it's just like, it's me. It's like, I like, exactly. I want to go to bed tomorrow night with my ask being higher. All right. Right. Whatever value that I put over my head and be like, did I, did I increase my worth today? Um, and I think that that's like really, um, that's, that's what drives me. And then additionally would, of course, and this is like, I know this is going to sound super cliche, mm-hmm. but it's my, uh, my newly fiance, Callie, there she is. um, Kill a cow. and I think I, and when I, when I first started seeing her, it was, it was more of a, of course I've, I've had, you know, I'm, I like to think that I'm a pretty funny and, and, and like, you know, enjoyable guy to spend time with. So uh, <laughs> um, so she wasn't dude, my first uh, girlfriend, but um, when I first started dating her, I was like, "Damn, this girl is going, always going." Five a.m. Like she was doing the, um, you know, teaching classes and like booking gigs and in the modeling game, and I was like, "Wow, this this girl like does what she wants when she wants to do it, like, mm-hmm. and she like takes control of it." And I realized the definite like the definitive between me being motivated and me being inspired right right she like the motivation that i felt from like watching a youtube video or listening to my favorite song um that like that goes away callie's work ethic and um diligency to follow through on things was inspiring and then that stuck with me and i'll always give her this credit but like she inspired me to just leave on a monday morning and be like yeah. hey i'm done doing this uh you know, job on Wall Street, I'm going to go do something else. Right. Um, so I have to, I have to give her homage to, uh, to that. So thanks. Thanks, Kylie. 
Yeah, because there's a, um, and I was trying to find it, and I'm pretty bummed I can't right now, and I'm sure you can tell me it, but there was, uh, your, when you guys got engaged, um, you had a caption. I'm finding it. Uh, you talked about the difference between being motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew this is the caption when Chris got engaged to, to Cal, uh, it's weird. I didn't get invited. I don't know how I didn't get there, but I knew <laughs> it was we weren't the, even like friends. It yet. was in the mail. Your invite yeah, was my in the mail. In the mail. Um, she stuck with me when I was eating wish sandwiches. What's that? Yeah. Like you wish for something between the bread. I love that dude. I would <laughs> say it right after. Wish I had more money for a better sandwich. <laughs> he said, I knew I wanted to give her everything after that time in my life. I've always been motivated, motivated to do more do what I love, make an impact, and maximize my life. I learned the difference between motivation and inspiration after meeting Callie. So that is a big – I mean, that's awesome. I just got chills, bro. That's real. Thanks. Yeah. I don't really write very much very serious things on my Instagram, but yeah. I found that was the opportune time. That is – that's real. The difference between motivation and, and when people ask what I do when I was going heavy and like starting the speaking stuff and I'm still doing it here and there but one of the things they said is like oh you're like a motivational speaker and every time someone said it for whatever reason I cringed and I've tried to figure out what that why that feeling was happening why am I cringing when people ask me if I'm a motivational speaker and I think it's because it's like you know when people say oh are you an influencer like <laughs> influencers well some influencers hate that. Like they hate the term influencer. Right. That to me, motivation is so fickle. It's there for a moment and then it's gone. Yeah. And I don't want to be represented as the guy who distributes something that's there and then gone the next day. That to me is not valuable. My mission is to offer so much value and to inspire others to create a different life. That's great. I haven't been able to say that in words before. That's like really what my mission is with this podcast, with speaking, with the stuff I'm building, with spaces I'm building, like that is, that's my foundation. And when I get to a space where I have the opportunity to do that, I feel inspired. That's when I figured it out. Like I'm not motivated. Motivated is like I listened to a dope video and got fired up. And there's time for motivation because sometimes it gets you out of your crap. Like it shifts your mindset for totally. that when you need it most. Like right. you need a cup of coffee to get out of bed and be like, oh, I got to go to work, got to get work, right. right? I'm not always motivated to go and, and attack the day, but I have to step back and be like, okay, I love doing this. Here's my ultimate goal. This is what I want to do. And right. this is you know, reverse engineering that back yeah. to that singular moment in that day and how do I get past that mental barrier? Yeah. It's for me the exercise thing, and I know uh, I'm sure I can speak – you're you're similar in this situation chris i walked into the gym today was working out when i got there and i was like i was just out of it this morning i had a long fun weekend and it wasn't super productive and after those weekends i tend to like start thinking oh man i should have been more productive and all this which i shouldn't it was my sister's 30th birthday and it was awesome and i was happy to celebrate her um but i got into the gym and i was like kind of a little out of it and i i had to like shake myself and uh, and me and Chris had a meeting at 11.45, and it was 11.20. And I was like, I got to get a quick sweat on. And Chris goes, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I had to just, like, go for a run. And uh, I started pushing a sled and throwing some weights around. It was 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. 
And like that was my motivation to get me out of my head so that I can go back to my inspired self. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. So find that thing for you. I When it's a substance or like you need someone else to do that, it gets dangerous because if that substance or someone else disappears, what happens to you? Of course. You know? Yeah. So for me, I, I use like my mom is constantly a thing. My dad is constantly a thing. My siblings, I talk about my family often. Do I call them to get fired up? Nope. But I just need to think about them. And even if they were to pass away, God forbid, like the, the thought of them is what inspires me. The sacrifice they made, the sacrifice they continue to make, like those things keep me going. So it's interesting to me how people use different things to feel inspired. To, but, but again, check what's motivating you and what's inspiring you. Neither is bad. Right. They're, just, they're different things. There's times for both. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm fired up. I'm fired up right now because uh, this podcast studio is freaking dope. Yeah, this is pretty dope. Le- legit. <laughs> and I love having special people in here. Um, I have, we're kind of running out of time, um, which I'm not happy about. But one of the things that we do at the end of this show, towards the end, is a let's go moment. Ooh. So one thing that you can offer to people that'll get them fired up, motivated. Um, you know, before that, is there anything that you want to talk about? Any other things you want to touch on? No, I think, I mean, I'm pretty, I know I'm definitely don't have the same tone of excitement in my voice, but like, but that's I'm one pretty, thing about you. That's so interesting. Cause I'm a, I'm more internal yeah. when I get like jacked up. Yeah. You're yeah. like, he's a really, I think that that's why I've really, uh, one of the reasons I've really enjoyed working with you lately, because I'm Mr. Loud, Proud, Energy, blah, 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 blah. And Chris has got this like quiet, he's always, he's always kind of here. Every once in a while he'll pick the tone up, but he's always, yeah. he's always kind of right here. This she, is it. Choose the moments to be the showman, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, so tell me, your let's go moment. What is one thing you can offer our listeners today to get them fired up, to get them motivated, to get them like, you're ready to take on the world. Uh, maybe a mantra or something you believe in. What do you got for us, dude? I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I love it, though. I love it. I think um, I think the like one thing that, and I won't even say to to the listeners, right? Is you know, I, even to like myself, mm-hmm. right? If I could go back and talk to myself, because there was an, an immense amount of self doubt at some points, especially the financially or. Yep. Um, career-wise, um, I would say to myself and to everyone here it would be like, um, would be like, uh, just like have the self-belief that you can tackle through these like obstacles that life will throw you, whether they are financial, whether it is like a girlfriend that you're like, oh my god, I cannot live without her. Like, you will be able to live without her, right? Because yeah. you, it's life is very binary. It's one zero. You did it or you didn't. Um, so it's it's having that belief. Like I think, like I am so thankful every day that I bet on myself and no one else um, to get through those different situations in life. So I think if I was going to round it all out, it would be just you know to bet on yourself. Like zoom out and say, "Can I do this?" And the answer is one or zero, yes or no. And you're saying this from a space of, I have like. You didn't make it yet. Did you make it out of like crazy credit card debt and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying like this is from coming from a guy who's young, what, 29? I'm 28, 28. And yeah, I'm I'm just trying to 
like still like make, figuring it out make every mature day. moves and and <laughs> hashtag mature moves make mature moves and trying to just like make that impact like you know change the landscape and the game like i'm you know i'm not like flying on private jets i'm just like you know someone texted me today and be like hey chris could you offer me some advice and you know i would be giving the same advice i am right now right so that's that's really important to recognize that he's still figuring it out and the thing that has felt most comfortable to him or looking back on it in hindsight, I'm sure it was a scary decision to like make jumps to try things. Of course. But in hindsight, now you can look back and say the best decision I made was betting on myself, trusting the process. I've been in this big space of like, and I don't want to get all like universal, but trusting the universe. The reason things are happening the way they are in your life right now is because they're meant to be that way. That's why they're there. If it wasn't meant to be like that, then it wouldn't be like that. Whether you believe it or not, the biggest reason we get stuck is because we have a, a narrative on how things should look. We've written a story about this is the way it's supposed to be. I talk about it with the weather often. Um, if you go and you like plan a park day and it starts raining and you're super pissed that it's supposed to be sunny. Nope, it's supposed to be rainy that day. That's why it is rainy that day. Now you can sit in your shit and sulk about the fact that it's not what you thought it was going to be and it should have been a different way. Or you can really get committed to the moment that you're in, be present and say, it's raining. How do we do this? Let's go buy a slip and slide and put it at the top and go slide in the park. Like get excited about what has been given to you because the universe knows exactly what it's doing. You want to call it the universe. You want to call it God. You want to call it whatever you want to call it. I refer to those moments as this is just and and uh, there was a podcast that was so awesome in the beginning talking about universal resistance versus you universal resistance like you versus the you like stuff that you put on yourself versus what the world puts on itself the stress and pain I'm going on a rant I'm sorry a lot of times the stress and pain that you face is stuff that you've put on yourself and you're just gonna stay with it if you're committed to staying with it. But if you realize, look, man, the universe is putting this. I had all that hard shit that I was going through that I'm still facing some of it. But it was a very deep deep and dark space for a little bit. And the reason why I am doing what I am and the position that I moved into and the things that I'm trying that, you know, you all will hear about is because I trusted that, okay, I'm in a deep hole right now. But this hole is like giving me a pathway to the light that I got to get to. So trust the process, man. That's kind of what Chris is saying. Like, trust yourself and let the universe do its work. 100%. You can't enjoy a rainy day or you can't enjoy a sunny day without some rainy ones. Bingo, baby. All right. So before we head out, I want to say a massive thank you to uh, Samsung, who has let us use this phenomenal studio. What a partnership it's been. Uh, I'm super honored to to get started with them and bring you guys some really quality content. I want to get some video in here because this space is so awesome. Uh, we're going to have a lot more people coming on the show. It'll be more of a communal space because we got a bunch of microphones now. Super legit setup. Uh, it went from just doing this thing in a closet to this. So thank you to Samsung. You can follow them on Instagram at Samsung Mobile USA, Facebook at Samsung US, Twitter at Samsung Mobile US. You guys know you can always follow me at Nick Pags Fit. Chris, where can we find you, dude? At Chris Howell, 16, baby. 
on Insta. He's becoming lose an the baby, influencer. lose the baby. But don't that's don't type in baby; it won't work. <laughs> um, but he's an influencer now. You'll see him with different brands, being influential. Yeah, and I'm 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 trying to just influence. <laughs> now I'm just trying to keep up with Nick Pags and everybody else. Good I'm, luck, I'm bro. Just trying Good to play the game. Luck. Thanks um, for having me, buddy. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, guys, you can always hashtag Team Galaxy and hashtag Samsung Experience. Uh, you'll find a lot of the podcasts, the Let's Go podcast coming there. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell your mom, tell your mom's friends, tell your your friends, their mom. It's all about the moms. They have great influential experiences in their lives, and they want to share with us. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just go sh- spread the love. Let everybody hear a little bit of podcast. Uh, this is Let's Go. Thank you all for listening. Share, subscribe, rate, and we'll see you all next time. Chris, thanks, man. See ya. Yo fam, I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Packs Fit fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see you all on the next episode.